We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. How's it going? As we continue in our series where we're talking about the big picture point of a book, this week we're going to be in... Romans. The book of Romans. A dense theological book. Great book. It's thick. Yeah. So, where do we want to start with this one? Well, the reason the book of Romans was written was not purely as a doctrinal treatise, as some have said. The reason the book of Romans was written was there was a very practical problem Mm. between people of two different cultures that they were having a hard time getting along. So the doctrine of justification by faith was presented so that they would know that they were really all equal Mm. in front of God and they could get along. Yeah, and maybe just a short version of that, it was church in Rome, the Jews had been expelled, they're brought back in, and now they're having trouble getting along. Pretty much, pretty much, yes. And the the Gentile church did things a certain way, and the Jewish church had other customs, and the two had natural friction because of that. Yeah. Let's let's put it together. Okay. All right, in Romans 1, 16 and 17 that all of you know, Mm -hmm. Paul's thesis statement, read it there for us. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. All right, the point is that the only way God can save anybody, Jew or Gentile, is through the gospel. Mm. That it is it is salvation for everyone who believes. The word believe in Romans means to trust in God to do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. Mm. And in verse 17, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Yeah. In the book of Romans, the righteousness of God is a gift that God gives to those who trust in the redemptive work of Christ. It is not something that we earn or do mm-hmm. on our own. And yeah. the way Paul sets about to prove that is, in 118, through the mm-hmm. end of the chapter, yep. He talks about the sinfulness of the Gentiles, how wicked they are. The Mm -hmm. wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hinder the truth and unrighteousness. Talks about the wicked pagans and the Jews are like, yes, Paul, hit him another (laughs) lick. He's bad. We all know he's bad. You know, he's sinners. They're saying they're speaking our language, Paul. Yeah, they're sorry, filthy (laughs) Gentiles. But if you go to chapter 2, verse 1, 
he changes from the they to the you and talks to the Jew. Look at 2 1 there for me. He says, Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Yes, and if you go back to the end of chapter 1, verse 20, you'll see that they are without excuse. Mm -hmm. And now he says you are without excuse because mm -hmm. you actually commit the same things they do. Yeah. If you go to 2.17, he tells you that he's talking to the Jews now. Yeah, but if you call yourself a Jew and rely yeah. on the law, you boast in God. Yeah, you and he, he uses this word boast quite a bit. And this is a major theme. Many people miss this in the book of Romans Romans because 217 and 18, 223, the Jew was boasting, hey, we've got the law. We're better than you are. Yeah. Go to 327. Okay. After he tells that we're all sinners. 327 it says, Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No but by the law of faith. So the reason that we don't have any room to boast, if you go back to 2.12, he says those with the law and without the law sinned. Mm -hmm. If you go to 3.9, he says Jews and Greeks are all under sin. Yeah. And if you go to 3.20, he says by works of law is no flesh made righteous in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. And then our famous 323 says what, Brother Jed? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So since everybody has sinned, there's no room for what? For anyone to boast in themselves. That's right. Now look at 4, 1, and 2. Okay. It says, So what shall we say was gained by Abraham our forefather according to flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. All right. So... Everything, everyone that was a Jew would respect Abraham. Hmm. So was Abraham justified by his own works? If he was, he would have room to boast before God. Right. But what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited mm -hmm. to him as righteousness. Now yeah. look at verse 4. Okay. Now to him that works, mm -hmm. the reward is credited not as of grace but as of debt. Mm. But verse 5 is the hairy one. But to him that does not work, uh -huh. but believes in the one who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Hmm. So Abraham could not work his way to righteousness any yeah. more than any other Jew or Gentile because Abraham sinned. Yeah. He had to trust God to make him righteous, to give him the gift yeah. of righteousness. So basically, without covering the whole first... 11 chapters. <laughs> right. Paul makes the, the clear argument that no person can make themselves righteous, but we must trust in the redemptive work of God mm -hmm. in Christ to make us righteous. That only comes when we accept the gift of righteousness. Look mm -hmm. at Romans 5.17. Okay. 5.17, If because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man much more Will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So man must choose to receive the gift of righteousness, mm -hmm. it says. Yeah. And then he explains in chapter 6 how we do that. We die to sin by turning in our mind from it. We're buried with him in baptism. We don't earn our salvation there, but we accept the gift of God's righteousness. Yeah. 
Look at 6, uh, 17, and 18 there for us. Okay. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. All right, and the last verse of Romans 6. That would say, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is the eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so you, you see the difference between wages and free gift. Yeah. Wages is what you... Death, it's what you earn. You earn. Yeah. But a free gift, you don't earn it. It's, it's given freely. You have yeah. to receive it, but you don't earn it. See? Right. So all are sinners... All have to depend on the gift of righteousness from God. That puts us all on an equal footing. Mm -hmm. So in chapters 9 through 11, and we've discussed these some in the predestination stuff, yeah. uh, he's, the Jews come back and say, well, if all that's true, then what about God's chosen people, Israel? Yeah, because they've lived under this idea that they do all the stuff to get the stuff. And these yeah. guys are saying, well, we don't have to do the stuff. And that anymore. they were the chosen people and they were better than everybody else. Now Paul's telling them they're all on equal footing. Yeah. See? <laughs> they and, don't like that idea. And so Paul explains through those three chapters that we're not going to wade through that the promise to Abraham, which came before the law of Moses, mm -hmm. was always that in the seed of Abraham, which is Christ, all the nations... Yeah would be blessed and God never changed his plan that yeah. was always his plan so that's Christ right all right now in the last part of chapter 11 after he has explained all this about um, well let's yeah let's go to the last part of chapter 11 he's okay. explained all this about the Jews and the Gentile and their place look at what he tells the Gentiles in verse 18 mm -hmm. it says do not be arrogant towards the branches if you are, if, if you are, remember it, oh, good gracious, let me start again, verse 18. Do not be arrogant towards the branches. If you are. If you are what, Brother Jed? Remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. In other words, if you are arrogant, and this word that's mm -hmm. translated by yours, arrogant, yeah. is, the, is the word kaukaomai, which all those other passages earlier is translated boast. Mm. So do not boast over the other branches. Right. All right. Now drop down to see verse uh, 20, verse 20, how he says that in a different way. He says, that is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but stand in awe. So do not become proud is the same as do, do not, not boast. boast. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you go to chapter 12, verse 3... Okay. As an apostle, now Paul speaks to both groups, Jew and Gentile. What does he say? He says, For by the grace given me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Wait a minute. Do not boast. Or be arrogant. Yeah. Or, or yeah, see, same uh, idea. Yeah. Keep going. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. All right. So this business about do not think highly of yourself. Mm. All right. Don't think you can earn it. Or you've earned it by some other natural Well, really, state. yeah, really, he's telling them, don't you Jews think you're better than the Gentiles, mm -hmm. and don't you Gentiles think you're better than the Jews? Right. See? One because you were there, <clears throat> or one because you've been brought in. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So then in um, chapter 14, he uses two other words that get into their problems with each other. Okay. He uses the word 
judge and despise. Look mm -hmm. at chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, and he gets into some of the practical issues that were between these cultures. Yeah. He says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. All right, so despise and pass judgment here mm -hmm. yeah. are very much like think highly of yourself or boast yourself over the other one. See, yeah. it's an attitude problem yeah. with the others because of the cultural opinions, traditions, <clears throat> that were different. We're not talking about God's commands. Right. We're talking about different cultural ways of doing things which made them resent, despise, condemn yeah. each other. Yeah. Now go to chapter 14, verse 10. Okay. He says it kind of again. He says, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? There's those two words again. Yep. Now look at verse 13. Verse 13, therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. So this is getting to the heart of the problem mm -hmm. as to why the book of Romans was written. Yeah. In fact, if you walk this through from the beginning, don't boast, don't boast, don't boast, don't boast, don't think highly of yourselves, mm -hmm. don't think highly of yourselves, don't judge each other, don't despise <laughs> each other. See? Because? Because you're all the same. You're all guilty of sin. You're yeah. all lost except for the grace of God. Yeah. All right. So... Look down at verse uh, 19 in chapter 14, which really okay. gets to the heart of it. It says, So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Ah, now we're getting to why the letter was written. Yeah. Now go over to chapter 15, okay. verse 7. Verse 7, Therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And, and see, you would like this passage because... Starting in verse 6, mm -hmm. he's talking about a worship service, and he's picturing a worship service where Jewish and Gentile Christians can really praise God together and everybody be on the same page. He says, yep. with one accord, with one mouth, glorify yep. God. Yep. And then he says, accept ye one another, just as Christ accepted you. Basically, if Christ accepts you, Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're a Jew or a pagan or whatever in your past. If Christ accepts you, yeah. then I need to accept you as Christ accepts you. That's it. Go. Now, that accept one another is the same word that's used in Romans 14, 1, where it says accept the one that is weak mm -hmm. in faith. Yeah. Accepting them is the opposite of judging and despising them. Yeah. See? So you're going to accept one another. Now, 15, 7... Okay. Is holding hands with 1616. Okay. And 1616 says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. All right. Accept one another and greet one another. Same, same. Mm. Okay. Now, when he gets over to chapter 16 and he mm -hmm. starts giving them greetings, yeah. it's very interesting. Talks to a lot of people. That <laughs> he starts out with Priscilla and Aquila, a Jewish couple that was very prominent, and greets them. Mm -hmm. But if you go down here to verse 8 and 9 and following, he greets Ampliatus and then verse 9, Urbanus. And uh, then you have uh, Apelles in verse 10, very Greek name. Aristobulus, very Greek mm -hmm. name. Then Herodiana, that's a Jewish name. 
and and see you've got these very Greek names, these pagan names, and you've got these very Gentile names. Yeah. And he greets and brags on each one of them equally. Mm. See. And then he says in verse 16, now for goodness sake, greet each other. <laughs> so it's more than just, oh, he's listing all his friends. He's greeting them, but he's Strategically. also... Strategically. Yes. <laughs> it's all on purpose. Yeah. See, and even, even when you go back to chapter 15, mm -hmm. and you go to verse 30 and 31, read that. 30 and 31, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. All right, now here, here's why this is important. This was a gift from Gentile churches mm -hmm. to the Jewish church, which was mm. an overt act of kindness and uh, a seeking for unity between the two groups. Yeah. See? So underlying everything in the book of Romans mm. is this, this attempt to show by the, by the fundamental doctrine of the justification by faith that Jewish and Christ, Gentile Christians are all on the same footing. They were all equally lost. They're all equally saved by the blood of Jesus and nothing else. Yeah. That they should accept one another and greet one another and embrace one another. Mm. And then finally in the book... Yep. He says, if anyone tries to mess with that unity, mm -hmm. look at verse 17 and 18. <clears throat> I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who would cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrines that you've been taught. Now, see, contrary to the doctrine you've been taught would mm -hmm. be the doctrine of all have sinned and the yep. justification by faith and we're all the same. Yep. Okay. And so avoid them for... Such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but they serve their own appetites by smooth talk and flattery. They deceive the hearts of the naive. So don't let anybody tell you because of their hanging on to Jewish culture that we're better than they are. And don't let any of you pagans because of your culture mm. tell you the other thing, but be one in Christ. Mm. This is why the book of Romans was actually written yeah. and the thread which holds the book together. So is it still... <clears throat> So as a modern audience reading it, would there be a similar feel to it if we're going, you congregation, don't judge this other congregation, you know, or if someone comes from that congregation to worship with you, don't judge them because, again, the same thing of if, if it's Christ some kind of practical them, cultural thing that doesn't have the commands of God covering yeah. it, then yes, we should like, accept everyone. They happen to worship with screens, and you're still using yeah, whatever. a book, you know, absolutely, those sort of things. Absolutely, and even even more close to home, if they come from the from the Islamic culture and they have certain customs that have nothing to do with the commands of God, then mm. we we can't despise them. Or if they're of a different race, or like you said, if they have certain different customs about the way they go about things, then yeah. we need to accept them as long as they're doing what God says yeah. to do. The unity in Christ is the only thing that matters. Yeah, that's, well, it's not the, it's not the only thing that matters, <laughs> but it, as long as people are seeking to do what the Lord says in His mm. Word, then we're duty-bound to mm. keep that unity. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Instead of trying to fix all the ways to make them look and sound like us. In fact, it says in chapter 14, keep your opinions to yourself. We don't like that. No, we don't, we don't like that. <laughs> no, it, our opinions really are what matter. Book. 
the, the only truly, purely doctrinal epistle in the New Testament that I know about is not the book of Romans. It's the book mm. of Ephesians. Mm. There seems to be no particular practical situation that caused the book of Ephesians to be written. It is strictly a doctrinal epistle. Not so the book of Romans. Romans had a point. It had a very, it had a very precise yeah. point to which Paul was going. Okay. Very good. I, I love it. I, Romans is definitely a dense one, but I think it does bring clarity to know why it was written. It's juicy. It's like a big, thick steak. It's juicy. <laughs> but it's got wonderful, practical, applicable points. Yeah. It's wonderful. Okay. So like we always say, if you have any other comments or questions, different bits and pieces of this book that you wonder how that applies to the big picture or how the big picture might inform an interpretation of those different things, by all means, send it in to us. We'd love to continue this conversation. So thanks again for watching. Thanks, Dan, for your time. We'll see you all next week. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.